Hello, and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own Sasson, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me grab my clicker here, make sure it works. Okay. So, salam alaikum. Did I say that correctly? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Consul General. Thank you, Fasal, uh, and all of you for this invitation. You know, I want to share a really quick story about uh, jumping on this opportunity. I think it hasn't even been a month that I received an email, and at that time, I was in Mexico. Uh, one of the silver linings of the pandemic, at least for me, is the opportunity to live and work multinationally. Yes, I am home, my home base is Silicon Valley, but um, I uh, enjoy the warm weather. That's why I feel at home, because I um, literally work from the beaches of Mexico. And uh, I received an email uh, from the Washington DC, the uh, Speakers Bureau's program about coming here. And immediately I was, first of all, I jumped up and down of out of excitement. And I quickly responded and said, yes, we'll figure out all the details later. <laughs> so, uh, okay, everyone, I'm gonna be talking today about the art of taking risks and building resilience. Raise your hand, any entrepreneurs in here? Yes. So right off, the, right off the bat, you're all risk takers because that's what being an entrepreneur. Any employees in here? You're also risk takers because you're taking a risk on that company. <laughs> okay. I'm going to leave some time at the end to uh, answer your questions. Okay. So here's the agenda. Number one, I'm going to talk about the fear of taking risks. We all have fears. It's normal. It's actually... It protects us. It's a human instinct to protect us from danger. Number two, what are the benefits of taking risks? I already share a little benefit of the risk that I took of moving to Mexico and working there and so forth. Number three, what are some strategies to take risks? Number four, what happens if we fail? Because we will and we have. I mean, I have plenty of times. How do we build that resilience to get back up? And then I'm gonna leave you with what I call a five-day challenge. This is something that I want you to do every day for five days to help us. And then lastly, again, Q&A. Okay, before we begin, let me share a little bit uh, uh, in terms of uh, more specifically where I live. I live in Mountain View. Now, most people don't know Mountain View it's in Silicon Valley, but if I show you these companies, many of you recognize them. Intuit, Google, Google's headquartered in my town. When I was a little kid, I used to ride my bike and play baseball out where Google now owns that whole area. Uh, Microsoft, 
has one of the uh, largest campus outside of Redmond, Washington in Mountain View. Facebook also has uh, offices there in Mountain View. And WhatsApp. Dad, I worked for the Chamber of Commerce as the president CEO when the real estate developer became a member of the chamber and he said, we want to do a ribbon cutting ceremony at our new building. I said, oh, awesome. Who's gonna occupy that building? I can't tell you, Oscar. Okay, fine, I get it. I mean, that's a lot of times startups, stealth mode. We show up, my staff and I, and the, the city uh, mayor and other elected officials, and we're doing this ribbon cutting ceremony. And of course, we're all curious, like who is going to occupy this building? WhatsApp. I can literally walk from my house to WhatsApp. So if you have a problem with WhatsApp, let me know and I'll go over there. <laughs> okay, a little bit about my business journey first. I worked in the tech industry uh, for five different startups. Contrary to what we read in the, in the newspaper, in the media, most startups actually go out of business. That's what happened, and, um, or if they get acquired, uh, and they keep anyone, usually it's the engineer, software developers. Okay, I was in, uh, in sales, sales and marketing were the first to kind of say, you know, there's a door, goodbye Oscar, <laughs> all right? Also, I co-founded a nonprofit, totally volunteer based with family and friends. And then uh, I mentioned to you that I uh, went to go work for the Chamber of Commerce as a president CEO. And after almost seven years of working at the chamber, I decided that I wanted a change and I went to go work at LinkedIn, uh, one year contract consulting job doing community relations work. And it was uh, during that year that it gave me some time to really formulate my idea of what it is that I wanted to do as far as my business, which is again, um, training. But I also want to share with you some of my personal obstacles that I've overcome, because we all have obstacles that we overcome. In my case, English is my second language. My parents were from Mexico. They passed away almost eight years ago. I was born in Southern California. A month after I was born, we moved back to Mexico, lived there until I was five, and then my parents decided to come back to the US, California, for one year, work, save money, and return to Mexico. We never returned to Mexico. We stayed in the US. So now, granted, I learned English when I was a little kid. It's easier to learn another language when you're little. Also, low income. I come from a low income family. In California and many states, um, they have for low income kids, they uh, give you uh, in school free lunch. So I was on the free lunch line. And all my other friends, my white friends, were over here in the southern getting good food. I was getting all the greasy food over here. Maybe that's why my arteries are probably clogged now, okay? Also, I went to UC Berkeley. High school, I got all A's in my English class. And then all of a sudden I get to Berkeley and they're like, Oscar, your writing and your reading is horrible. I'm like, what? Did someone lie to me for like four years? Because I got all A's. I can sh show you my transcript. Go into this remedial English class. <clears throat> okay. My dad, first grade education. My mother, middle school education. I told you, they didn't speak English. So the minute I learned how to speak English at five years old, I became my parents' translator until they passed away. I couldn't even go to my mom and dad and ask them to help me with my math homework. I mean, numbers are numbers. Numbers in, in English are the same in Spanish. They look the same. They couldn't even help me. And then lastly, I know many of you don't believe this, but my natural personality is an introvert. Yes. I don't like public speaking. I get nervous. Earlier, before coming over here, my partner called me and she's like, how do you feel? I'm nervous. You know what, follow me on Instagram. I actually posted a video just before coming over here about how I get nervous. See, many of us don't believe that I'm an introvert because we have this misconception that anyone that does public speaking must be an extrovert. No, that's not true. 
And many of you have way bigger challenges than this, but I'm telling you my own personal story here. Let's talk about the fear of taking risks. See, many of us, when we're young or we go off to college, this is how we think success looks like. Just work really hard, Oscar. Go to a really good university like UC Berkeley, the top public university in the world, and you're gonna succeed. The reality is, this is life. Up and down, up and down. Not that long ago, I had my niece ask me, hey, so when you look back, I'm 53 years old. Okay, I'm not afraid to tell you how old I am. That face cream is working really good here, okay? <laughs> All right? She's like, you know, she says, so when you look back, what was your favorite or least favorite decade? I said, well, I'm gonna tell you something. I said, my favorite, I'm always positive looking forward. So I'm, I'm gonna live to 150 years old. I will let you know at 150 which decade it was, but I can tell you which one was the worst, my 40s. Got divorced, financially upside down. My daughter attempted suicide twice lost both my parents. See, I'm telling you this because this is how life, right? Also, in terms of what I call risky business, I applied to law school right after college. Denied, rejected. Oh no, what am I gonna do now, right? Laid off at least five times from those startups, 11 career transitions, 11 career transitions. Some of you are probably like, I would never hire you, Oscar, now that you, this is like, this is a bad resume here. Also, I remember just before leaving tech and applying, making a career transition, I applied for the public information officer at the police, local police department. I was, I made it to the final round and I got rejected because the chief of police promoted someone from within. Can you imagine all, you know, it's like having the winning lottery ticket number except for the last digit. Oh man. And then I got tired after when I left the chamber, some people didn't believe me. I didn't have a backup plan. I literally, imagine this is like a giant cliff and I just like, ah, jumped off the cliff with no parachute, no wings. I'm like, I hope though I build those wings on the way down because otherwise I'm gonna crash. You see where I'm going with this with risks? Here's some reasons why sometimes we're afraid of taking risks, folks. One, anxiety. It's normal. <laughs> Some of you were anxious just coming in here and you weren't even going to speak. <laughs> Someone had to convince you to show up here. Here's another one. This was me especially. Perfectionism. I was a type. Not anymore. I'm a reformed perfectionist. But I used to, before I did anything, analyze everything, ask a bunch of questions, talk to a bunch of people, and then life happened, and I never did anything. And one day I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired of letting just opportunities go by. Hence why I told you that I just jumped off, because I wasn't building the perfect wings. I didn't even have wings. Self-doubt. Here's another one. If there's something that I, if I could go back in time and change about myself, would be to believe in myself a lot sooner. Because that would be unstoppable. And then, this one too, fear of failure. Something, sometimes this is cultural. I know, for example, Mexican culture, failing, oh, that's a bad mark. Bad mark on your record. See, this is one of the things that I love about Silicon Valley. 
because it's like over there, it's like fail fast. Try it. If it doesn't work, try something else. That's what I tell my team. Everyone, look, if, if it doesn't work, it's okay. Don't come to me with just a problem. Come to me with a possible solution. Also, there's some kind of cultural beliefs, right? Something that prevents us from taking risk is enduring circumstances, putting up with things. My dad, when he used to tell me, Oscar, why do you keep changing jobs? Aren't you just happy having a job? You should be grateful. Dad, I am grateful. But why did you leave Mexico, go to the US? Didn't you leave it for a better opportunity? Yes, son. Well, then that's why, I, why I'm leaving this job, Dad, because it's a better opportunity. I'm not gonna put up with something. Also, the opinion of others. This is a big one. We, we are so consumed about what other people are going to say and think about us. I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know about you here, but in the US, no one pays my bills. Not even my brother. I love my brother to death, but I don't care about his opinion, let alone some stranger. And some of us are so consumed about what are other people going to say? Can I tell you something? Nothing. Another one, scarcity mentality. I've got mine and that's all I want. No, you know what? I ask, every time I go somewhere and do an international talk like this, I ask them, are you gonna record it? You can, if you want. Some people back home in the US, Oscar, you're giving away your stuff for free. What? I have an abundance mentality. I'm over here planting a bunch of seeds. And guess what? There's a big harvest. Oscar, you're so lucky. No, I'm just a great planter. I have no time. I used to use this, especially when my kids were little. Last week, I did a, a workshop, a leadership work workshop. There was a mom in that workshop with eight kids. Eight kids. Some of you don't even have a pet and you use this excuse. And here's another one. This is my parents. Language barrier. I would hear them when I was a little kid talking to my uncle, my dad's brother, other friends, relatives, right? Well, you know, we don't move ahead. We can't move ahead in the US because we don't speak English or whatever. Folks, pick any of these excuses. They work marvelous. But I'm gonna tell you something. Excuses are like armpits. We all have them and they sometimes stink. Some of you got that, right? <laughs> All right, let's talk about the benefits of taking risks. By the way, I have not had any coffee or any Red Bull here. Okay, I barely even drank any water here. Okay. All right. Number one, one of the benefits of taking a risk is that we get to expand our comfort zone. Oscar, how could you go from an introvert to an international speaker by taking little steps, little steps. Our comfort zone is like a rubber band. If you take a brand new rubber band and then you stretch it, you stretch it, you stretch it and you let go, the rubber band is not gonna go back to its original size. Size, it's gonna be a little bigger. Stretch a little further, stretch a little further, and it gets bigger and bigger. That's all I've done in everything. Stretch my comfort zone. Also, it creates new opportunities. Folks, I'm gonna tell you something. This is your true story. Two months before my contract ended at LinkedIn, now a good friend of mine, a librarian, invited uh, or wanted an employee from LinkedIn to go do a LinkedIn workshop at the library. 
I tried to get an employee to go do it. No one wanted to do it because it was going to be at 7 p.m. in the evening. So it was going to be a very long day. And I said to my, now my friend, I said, listen, I can't get anyone. But if you want, I'll go do it. I love helping people. And I said, but I'm going to be honest with you. I have never done this talk. I'm just going to use a generic PowerPoint presentation that anyone can download off the internet. And that's what I'm going to use. Hey, no problem, Oscar. I went and did it. The audience loved it. She loved it. And I also enjoyed it too. And afterwards, she says, Oscar, do you think you can come back in two months and do another talk, but this time on transitioning careers? Sure. My contract ended at LinkedIn. And for two and a half years, I did free workshops. If I would not have agreed to have done that workshop, I would not be here today. New opportunities. Also, number three, problem solving skills. One of the best lessons that I learned from one of my CEOs at a startup was what I mentioned earlier. Oscar, I don't, he would say, Oscar, we're going to have challenges here because we're trying new things, etc. It's okay for you to come to us if you have some problems, but come with a solution. Whether we implement that solution or not, that is my decision. But I want you to come. Don't just come with me with problems. Because you know what? You know who comes just with problems? Little kids. Mom and Dad, I can't get this, right? But they, they never offer a solution. I, folks, we're all adults here. Come with a solution. Number four gives us clarity too as well. The, all the training, this talk, it came from nothing but just thinking, trying new things, and eventually putting this talk and this training together. And it's also given me focus every time. Those of you that have your own startup and company, you know this. As you mature, your business matures, it gives you more focus, more clarity. In the US, we call it that niche. And then also, self-confidence. Listen, I know I am the best speaker. And you know why I know? Because I believe in myself. I don't need any of you to tell me that I am the best speaker. I know it. And that's all that matters. I want to share something with you that I wrote a while back on LinkedIn. I said, why do you still doubt yourself? You became the family translator at five. You started babysitting at eight. You helped your parents with their taxes at nine. You paid the family bills at 11. You told your parents what documents to sign at 13. You started making family medical decisions at 15. You started financially supporting your family at 17. You did all this before you could legally vote. In the US, you have to be 18 to vote. Why do you still doubt yourself? Not all superheroes wear capes. Not all superheroes choose to be a superhero. You are a superheroine. Some of you can relate to this. Yes or no? Yeah. This is my story, folks. This is me. But we doubt ourselves. I don't doubt myself anymore, folks. I believe and myself, and I want you, if there's nothing, if there's, if you forget everything that I say today, just remember this, believe in yourself. And if you need a reminder that you're amazing, I'm gonna give you my contact information at the end. <laughs> Email me, call me, WhatsApp, whatever, and I'll remind you how amazing you are. Okay, what are some strategies for taking risks? Number one is Excuse versus a pause, okay? I was in Puerto Vallarta last year, and this gentleman here is blind, and he sings out of like in the boardwalk in the beach area, and obviously people give him money. 
and I was just one day just watching him. Like, wow. He could easily sit down and just put his little cup there with a sign. Please give me money. He's not doing that. He's not doing that. He's working for it. He's not using his circumstances as an excuse. But here's the other thing too, folks. The reason why I say pause, sometimes we do need to pause in life. Stuff happens. And we need to kind of step, take a step back, assess, evaluate, and then move forward. What I'm trying to tell you with this is, if you do take a pause, it's a pause. It doesn't mean stay there. Maybe emotionally you, get, you need to pick yourself back up, but do it. Also, number two, on the choices that you make. Don't blame anyone else. I have some young folks back home. Oscar, I, I don't like, you know, um, that I have to do this and that and so forth. And I'm like, okay, are you living at home? Yes. I'm like, well, listen, you're of age, you can move out. Like, quit taking your mother's, your, your parents' money and go move out. But if you keep taking your parents' money, then you need to be quiet and listen to what they're telling you to do. Own your choices. Own your mistakes. Own your success. Next, keep aspiring. You set a goal, you hit that goal, set another goal, and you hit that goal. It's what I call peak to peak. You climb a mountain, and you get to the top of the mountain, all of a sudden you see another bigger mountain, go up to that next big mountain, and then all of a sudden you see another bigger one. This is me, I'm always, Oscar, aren't you satisfied? No, I'm not. Because there's a, a lot of need out there. There's a lot of people that I wanna help. I told you earlier, I'm gonna live to 150 years old. The only people that are concerned about when I say that are my kids. <laughs> no, dad, no. <laughs> okay. Next, embrace risk. But if you notice, I have risk as an uh, acronym here. Okay? I want you to think of something. Um, when there is a challenge, right? Like, let's say, for example, this building all of a sudden catches on fire. We run out of the building, evacuate it, because obviously for our safety. But firefighters, they come to put out the blaze. In other words, they embrace that risk. The possibility that they might die. Because they're trained, right, to do that. So this is what I mean by, by risk. Be resourceful. Be resourceful. One of the things that I, one of the many reasons why I love traveling internationally and I've already seen it here in your beautiful country, is how resourceful you are. Just like in Mexico. I mean, like, we don't let anything go to waste. We figure it out. Next, be intentional. The minute my eyelids open up in the morning, I'm intentional, I'm on point. See, many people, are like a kite without a tail. If you ever flown a kite without a tail, this is how it flies. But you put the tail on the kite, okay? Also, be selective. And selective mean in many areas, even selective in who you give your time to. Sometimes, some people just drain the energy out of you. They just take all your time. They're takers. And then there are some people that replenish you. Now, I'm not saying be mean, be rude to people, but those people that drain you, love them from a distance. And I'm gonna tell you, I don't know about you, but in my case, some of the people that drain me are my own family members. And that's hard. This is like, that's my family. I'm gonna see them next week for Thanksgiving. 
but I, some of them I love them from a distance because you know what? Here's one thing too. I know deep down inside, they're cheering for me. They do want me to succeed. It's just that they don't sometimes don't know how to express that support, that love. But if I keep hanging out with them, I'm just going to stay where they're at. So I need to grow and bring them along. And knowledge. Always be learning. So I applaud all of you that are here, putting out the effort to learn, to grow. Never stop learning. When we graduate from college, many of us, that's when we stop learning. We stop reading. I'll tell you, for me, I don't like reading traditional books. I fall asleep. So about, mm, I think about four or five years ago, I started doing audiobooks, listening to them. Sometimes people are like, but Oscar, if you listen to books, how much are you retaining? I don't know, Bob, maybe it's 10%. See, Oscar, that's not that much. Well, guess what, Bob? My 10% is more than your zero. What's your next excuse? That's, this is what I mean by embrace risk, folks. Be resourceful, intentional, selective, and gain that knowledge. All right, let's talk about building resilience. This is my actual bank account about four or five years ago, folks. Zeros. One day in the morning, I was at a coffee shop doing some work. And all of a sudden, I get an alert on my phone from my bank that there was a withdrawal. I'm like, what? And I, I open it up, the app. I'm like, zero on one account, zero on the other. Oh, shoot. Folks, I take full, remember, own your choices, right? I take full responsibility. I owed money to the IRS that I had not paid attention to the letters they sent me. And they took all my money. My kids had more money than I did. All I was left was with $25 in my wallet. That was it. So one of the things that I encourage you to do is embrace the feelings. I'm gonna show you a really quick exercise here in a minute, but embrace the feelings, folks. See, sometimes people say, oh, just get over that. Oh, you feel, don't worry, Oscar. I know you feel bad that you don't have any money, but just get over it. No. Especially for us men. I don't know, again, in your culture, but in Mexican culture, men are tough. Mm. Men don't cry, right? We're the head of the household, all that stuff. No, you know what? I do cry. I do, I have feelings. I've been disappointed, people have hurt my feelings. Yes. And what I've learned is to embrace that feeling, feel it because I'm a human being. I don't wallow in the feeling, but embrace it. Next, be that possibility thinker. There's actually a book called The Possibility Thinker. What are different options, different ways, things to do? Next, have that mental strength fortitude. One of the things that I did early on after I graduated from college was I embarked on a personal growth and development program. See, when, you're, when we're young, we go to the gym, right, work out, you know, get healthy and all that, and that is important. But very few ever talk about getting healthy and strong up here. Eventually, your body's gonna break down. But up here, For almost 30 years, I've been listening. Back then it was cassettes, then it was CDs, watching DVDs. Today, again, my phone, podcasts, et cetera, and so forth. Positive growth and mental attitude to be strong. Also, one of the things that happens too is gaining that self-awareness. What are we good at and what are we not good at? What do we enjoy? What do we really love doing? And what don't we not love doing? This is super important, that self-awareness. What are you really good? What do you really love doing? And then also building community. And that's something that you, you do so well 
building this a community, a community support to help us. This is what Nick does. It has this community. Earlier, you know, talking to Fasil about, you mentioned about how you encourage uh, entrepreneurs to work together. It's that community. Here's this exercise that I encourage you to do to help you build resilience. You don't have to do it right now, but tonight, before you go to sleep, I want you to grab a piece of paper, your laptop, your phone, whatever it is that you want to grab. And I want you to write three columns. Column on the left, you're gonna call it experience. Column in the middle, feeling. And then on the right, it's outcome. So experience, feeling, outcome. And let me show you how to do it. So take it an experience. In my case, I mentioned to you that I got rejected from law school. How did I feel? Dejected, disillusioned. But see, I own the feeling today. I can tell you without feeling like, oh, no. What is it? An outcome, a positive outcome that came out of being uh, rejected is it open to new career opportunities. Next, when I worked for startups, a lot of layoffs, anxiety, financial instability. My kids were young, right? We needed that more financial stability, but I learned how to network. This was before LinkedIn and all the other. I learned how to build and nourish those relationships. I love that career transitions. Again, that instability, I learned to how to mentor executives. Today, that's one of the services that I provide. I have uh, mid-level to senior level people that ask me uh, to guide them in that career transition, especially those that are 40 and older. I can help them, because I've been through that. Left car uh, corporate without a backup plan, I felt scared, and I also felt foolish, because it's like people, Oscar, you should have something, right? But it gave me that flexibility of being flexible, to be willing to try new. That's why, in less than a month, I'm here, because I was like, count me in. I don't need to think about. I'm like, I know you're gonna be good people. I'm not gonna love it here. Tax lien, insecurity. Boy, did I gain some emotional toughness, <laughs> okay? So you see what I mean by doing this exercise? Because you go through that experience, embrace, own that feeling, and then focus on the positive outcome, okay? See, many of us focus on the negative and we stay there, that negative, that negative. No. Okay, I'm gonna give you a five-day challenge. I'm gonna open up to some questions here. This is what I want you to do. Each day, take one of these. Five things. Number one, because we got to get out of our comfort zone. When you go home or wherever, work or wherever it is you go, take a different route. I know you're thinking like, that's kind of silly, Oscar. But you know what? We've gotten accustomed to, this is how we do things. Get up, brush our teeth, whatever, right? It's just a pattern. Get out of that routine. It's getting out of that comfort zone, trying something different. Number two, if you're the type of person that sits in the middle or in the back, maybe next time at an event, sit at the front row. That's one of the things. I used to play a game early in my career. When we would have company meetings, it'd be a room like this. And um, I noticed that my friends who were extroverts usually sat in the middle or in the back. And I respected them. I looked up to them. I'm like, one day I wish I could be an extrovert like them. But then I'm like, huh. Because us introverts, we talk to ourselves a lot. And we analyze things. I'm like, huh. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit in the front row. And it was like a little game. And every time I sat in the front row and an extrovert didn't, it was like I mentally put a grain of sand in a cup. And after 30 years of doing that, my cup is overflowing. I have a beach. You want to hang out at my beach? You can. Be the first to ask questions. See, this is another observation. I, 
I come prepared to events. Even if I know the answer, oftentimes as an introvert, I'd be like, let me just ask a question. Because for me, it was just getting out of that comfort zone. Be the first to ask the question. Next, introduce yourself to a complete stranger. Back home, I would go to Starbucks in the morning on my way to the office and I would stand in line and in Silicon Valley, a lot of people wear their name badges, you know, Microsoft, whatever, IBM back then. And uh, I'd be standing in line and I would turn around and they would say, whatever, IBM. And i hi, I'm Oscar Garcia, I see you work at IBM. Sometimes they will respond, I'm like, yeah, I do. Oh, how long have you been there? Right? Small little talk. A lot of times they wouldn't. Those of you that are introverts, that is scary. You talk to a stranger and they don't respond. I would go get my latte, walk to the car and be like, man, why am I doing this? Huh? Go to work, go home, sleep. The next morning, get back up, stand in line again. Do it again and again. Can I tell you something? And I mean this out of love. I don't mean it out of disrespect. Most of you won't even say hi, and I will never speak to you again. I'm okay with that. You don't hurt my feelings. One, because I'm here to give unconditionally. I don't need anything or expect anything from you. I love you unconditionally. I don't even know you. But I've practiced that so many times. And that leads me to the last point about giving unconditionally, folks. One of the big mistakes that entrepreneurs, business people make, they only connect with you because they want an introduction to the council general. And then I make that introduction and they forget about me. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, seriously? You're acting like my son. I, I, can, I save his text messages. Every time he texts me, it's because he needs money. How many times I love it unconditionally like I told you? Don't do that. Again, this is something, building and nourishing relationships is something that you, you have this warm hospitality in your culture. Very similar, right, also Mexican culture. Very family-oriented, very friendly, okay? Keep that in mind, okay? So do this, one of these things, every day till you start getting out of your comfort zone. I know it sounds kind of silly, but I want you to take those little baby steps, baby steps. Remember earlier I told you about the rubber band? Stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, okay? Final thoughts. I promise you I'll open up to questions. I leave you with this quote. Leadership is walking in solitude and realizing that during the toughest and loneliest moments, you inspire others to join you in the journey. People are watching you. Your friends, your family, maybe they don't tell you that they support you. Maybe they don't tell you they love you, but they want you to succeed. They're watching you. It's tough. It's lonely. Do it anyways. Here's my contact information. Okay? LinkedIn, Instagram. I have a podcast called Career Talk with OG. There's my email address, website. You guys want my WhatsApp number two? <laughs> I'm very accessible. Some of you have already connected with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. But there's my contact uh, information. Reach out. I'm going to open it up to questions. So thank you. Thank you for having me here. Um, I yeah, really, really appreciate all of you. Thank you for what you're doing. Okay. Questions. How do you, how do you, Okay, do you want to give the mic? Okay, yeah, sure. So, you can briefly introduce your startup quickly, tell you what you do, and then you can ask the question. Thank you. 
Assalamualaikum. I am Jaleeria. I am one of the co-founders for Dalit. It's a freelancing platform for the for the youth and the women specifically in Pakistan. I think I met you at Tiras Tech as well. So my question was that you've had multiple struggles throughout your life, right? You've talked about them. So what was the how did you overcome them? What was that point that you you were like you know you know what I need to do something about it. So what did you do about it in that? Yeah. Uh Yes. So the the question is, how did I overcome the? The question is, how, how did I over? Yeah, overcome your struggles. My, yeah. How did I overcome my struggles? It's a process. It really is a process. There's still some struggles that I haven't overcome. And and so, for me, is um, looking at overall the struggles that I have and figuring out. Which ones can I take on today with the information, the knowledge, the resources that I have? And if there's some that I can't take, then I'm going to kind of set them aside for now and come back to them. Because it's about, for me, it's about progress. And remember, progress gives me that self-confidence. Okay? Because before, I used to try to tackle these other struggles that I wasn't ready, didn't know how, and I was just like in quicksand. I was just stuck here. And then my self-image got even, took an even bigger hit. Because <sighs> then it's human nature. We start comparing ourselves to other people and what they're doing, what they're achieving. I'm going to tell you, share something uh, with you is, and I've done a post on, on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I used to want to give a talk at a local conference in Silicon Valley. I used to want to do a TEDx talk. And you know what? God didn't give me a local conference to speak. He gave me your country. Isn't that amazing? So that's what I recommend. Uh, hello, hello, Oscar. Hello. My name is Abdul Mukhtar, and my startup is Portland. So, for the startup side, we're basically uh, making automobiles intelligent by using data in order to prevent road accidents from happening. So, my question to you uh, would be more about you said love from a distance uh, to those people who are basically who basically uh, sort of emit negative energy and need to cannot. So, how do you, so how did you basically go around that in your life? Yeah. So, loving from a distance and negative energy. So, like I mentioned, first of all, if it's our family members, that's really hard, okay? That's very, very difficult, very challenging uh, to do. And um, over, let, let me share with you a quick little story here that really, really impacted me. So, my mother uh, passed away almost six years ago, about four months after my father passed away, she was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And I told you that she didn't speak English. And so the doctor called my brother and I to the hospital, showed us the x-rays, and gave us the horrific news. And the doctor said, would you like to, my mom was already in the hospital at the time, would you like to go in and let your mom know, or do you want me to go in and then you translate? I didn't have the courage to just walk in and tell my mom. So I said, doctor, can you come in with us? And uh, so the doctor walked in, I translated. I already knew the answer. My mom said, son, what is there to do? What treatment? And I said, mom, there isn't any. She had diabetes, she was on dialysis, she had a lot of other health complications. And the doctor gave her six months to live. I don't think my mother at that point, cared what people said, that some of her siblings didn't talk to her, anything like that. That was the end for my mother. And that really had a tremendous impact on me about loving people from a distance. And, you, and I said love, I didn't say hate him, disrespect him. But you gotta protect yourself. And I don't want any of you to experience something like that in order to wake up and realize 
loving people from a distance. Okay? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hi, Oscar. My name is Umar, and my startup is currently in stealth mode. So <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you what it is about, but it's brilliant in my opinion. Um, secondly, my question was, you talked about your entire journey, and you talked about how you kept on changing careers and your career path, and you had a very difficult time during your 40s. I'm sorry for bringing that up, no, but no. you talked about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so my question is, how did you deal with your ego? Because that's a huge, huge issue. Because you kept on changing yeah. everything. You yeah. kept on changing your profession. So how did you deal with your ego? Yeah. Hello, this is Sumaya, co-founder of Tabrapur. Uh, we have a live commerce platform, a live streaming platform for buying and selling. Um, still, we are not doing very good, but yeah, we have, we have just recently launched again. So my question about you is about um, discipline. How to be, how to keep ourselves disciplined, and how you did uh, keep yourself disciplined all your all of your journey. Because I found this thing a very biggest uh, obstacle for me. Uh, to do. Since I doesn't have any manager on me, I have to do everything on myself. So to, to keep on track and to be disciplined is disturbing. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Two great questions. Let me answer the first one about ego. So, how did I deal with my ego? I got knocked down, and I couldn't get back up on my own. See, one of the things for me, and this is, in the US, we, we um, people like myself that are first in our family to go, go to college, we call them first generation. I'm a first generation in my family to go to college, first generation professional. And as I had a lot of responsibility since a kid. I basically was making adult decisions since I was a kid. I honestly didn't even have a childhood. And because of that, I was programmed culturally to take on more and more responsibilities. I used to say, God, give me a stronger shoulder, not a lighter, uh, lighter load. And you know what? In my 40s, God said, okay. I'm going to give you such a big load that you're going to fall and break. And I couldn't get back up on my own. That's how my friend, I dealt with my ego because I had to go to a higher power. You believe whatever it is you want to believe, okay? Just telling you my own story here that helped me get back up. And some of you, that's going to happen to you. It's not gonna be some friend, some failure, that your startup went out of business, that you know, your ego. No. Unless you do something. Okay? Discipline. How do I deal with discipline? For me, discipline is knowing what my core values are. See, there are many things that I believe in very passionate, okay, um, helping people, et cetera, and so forth. But when I boil it down to its lowest common denominator, the reason why I do what I do is number one, I love helping other people dream bigger, I love inspiring them, and helping them. Essentially, I basically told you my life story of all the failures and now I've gotten back up. I didn't come here to tell you like, oh, I'm this person and that person. Honestly, I could care less about titles. They told me, Oscar, you need to wear a suit. And so, okay, I gotta respect what he told me. But you go on my YouTube channel and you watch me, I'm in like t-shirt jeans over there, giving the same passion and energy. And when you identify what your core values are, then you're gonna be able to stay focused and disciplined. And if you're not focused and disciplined, it's because you haven't identified your core values. That's why I get out of my comfort zone as an introvert. Like, I'm gonna be exhausted when I go back to my hotel. But you know what? I know that I gave it my all to you here. 
So identify your core values, and you will be disciplined. Thank you, Oscar. My name is Faisal. I run uh, upscaling and uh, training. Uh, something very similar to what you do. Yes. Um, we spoke before. What 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 a brilliant presentation! First of all, it was very inspirational. Thank you. So I'm sure we 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 are taking a lot of answers and a lot of questions beyond <laughs> a lot of questions beyond that. Uh, I just wanted to uh, ask you if you specifically had left out support systems in because you spoke about. Yes. Who not who not to get too close to? Yes. But what about people who you should get close Absolutely. to, especially when it comes to risk and resilience? Yes. Great question. Yes, absolutely. So um, let me elaborate more on that community portion that I mentioned. So um, again, organizations group like this, super important. The other thing is get around people that have what you're aspiring to. Don't envy them. Don't be jealous of them. Maybe someone is, in my case, a better speaker or has a larger business, etc. Okay, get around them. Sometimes, actually, now one of the nice things about with social media, you don't necessarily need to like meet them. If you can't meet them in person, do. But nowadays, you just follow some of these people on social media, and you get to see what, how they're doing things. You get to see over time their progression, their growth. Okay. The other thing too is is that find a mentor. How do you find a mentor? I like to keep things very simple. Hi, I'm Oscar Garcia. And if they respond back, that is the start of a friendship. I don't go up to someone and say, Sandra, would you like to be my mentor? Because if someone comes to me and says that, to me, mentorship means a lot of responsibility, time commitment. But I'd rather just let that relationship grow naturally, or as we say, organically. Okay. So those are some things. Okay. You're welcome. Hi, Oscar. Hello. A very warm welcome to Pakistan. Thank you, thank you. My name is Nera Shalani, and I work in the tourism and handicraft space in Pakistan. Um, so three years ago, we started off with our company, and you know, we had COVID for two whole years. Uh, we pivoted to virtual reality tours. But now, this year, since everything is open, we are back to in-person tours. So my question to you is, first of all, thank you so much for sharing such a humanistic approach in your presentation. It was absolutely lovely hearing you. I would like to know how, you know, as startups, uh, we can keep on pivoting, especially given the political, economic turmoil, you know, globally, inflation, COVID, and whatnot, and then, you know, these recent floods and yeah. the impact of climate change. Um, as startups, it's too much mental pressure. You know, sometimes, just like, you know, you sat on the floor, I'm also, like, so disappointed and so scared and, you know, in a feeling of helplessness. Yeah. And I don't know how to, you know, navigate my way through out of it. Yeah. So it would be lovely if you could share your thoughts on that. Yes, that yes, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, thank you for the question because yeah, that that is a very good good question. All your questions are good. Okay, I'm, I'm just okay. But um, you know, so I have been through in the U.S. back the first dot com bubble. I was working for startups and all of a sudden everything. I mean, I remember this uh, last startup that I worked for, or one of the last startups that I worked for, um, we were helping them hire uh, uh, people, staff. And every, every, every startup that started all had .com, baby.com, dog.com, you know, plants.com, all this .com, right? I mean, everyone was just, things were just going crazy. And then all of a sudden, the economy went sideways. And then in 2008, in the US, again, the economy suffered. The whole real estate market, financial market just got devastated. And um, for the last 11 or so years, since around 2010, 11, things have been really good. And if you've been following anything what's going on in the news, Silicon Valley, a lot of the big tech companies are starting to lay people off. 
So what do I mean by this? It's this. It's up and down. And you mentioned COVID and all the the war in Ukraine. I mean, right? A lot of uncertainty. Here's the thing, though. Is is that I have no control over that. I have no control over those things. What, what, what I focus on is what I have control over. When COVID hit, I was supposed to do an in-person workshop at my university um, that Wednesday. And Tuesday, everything just shut down. Thursday of that week, I jumped on Zoom, never used Zoom for trainings. And I scheduled a free training on uh, Thursday another free training the next day on Friday. And I remember my first Zoom training, one of my good friends was on Zoom. Um, and afterwards, he called me and he said, Oscar, how do you think you did? I go, no, I don't think, I was so nervous, horrible. He said, yeah, Oscar, you were horrible. <laughs> I'm like, ouch, I'm like, thanks, Philip, at least you're honest, okay, buddy, thank you, thank you. But I kept doing it, because I could control that. I kept doing it, and today, the truth. I could literally give the same presentation staring at that black curtain because most people on Zoom, that's what I see. <laughs> Cameras are turned off. So what I'm getting at is focus on what you can control, marketing, your social media, the content coming to events like this, networking, because actually, I'm gonna tell you another silver lining out of uh, COVID, that the world not just a country or an industry has opened up more to virtual engagement, online engagement, interaction, and new markets. I never imagined that I would be here. I, I didn't. But during the pandemic, I did several online. In fact, actually just last week, I did a talk for a group of Cuban entrepreneurs through the US Embassy as well. See, I can control my topics being able to give those, those con the, the, the talks. I can control networking with people online. I gave you my contact information. Most of you are not gonna connect with me. I, statistically saying that's how it works. But you can, you all can. So focus on what you can control and everything else, just let it play out. We have some great leaders here in your country that are taking care of that. That's our job. <laughs> okay. Hey, I, I have all night here. No. <laughs> Hello, Oscar. Uh, I'm Elisa Pastor Paul. I would say that I'm really touched with your uh, presentation, uh, inspired, and love your uh, you know energy. Um, I'm the founder and CEO uh, of Idea Shigar. Shigar is about biodegradable sanitary napkins, and I'm also uh, raising awareness and advocacy about menstruation and the problems related to menstruation uh, with the special impact of climate change as well. Uh, so I have two simple yet important questions. Uh, first is how to be resilient and how to increase our resilience with our startup. And the second one is how to control our negative thoughts, like encouraging one, uh, discouraging one. Sorry. Okay, first one is how to encourage resilience in how to increase re resilience oh. with our startup. Yeah, and the second one is uh, how to control our negative and discouraging thoughts. Ah, okay. So how to encourage um, resiliency in our startups? Let your employees fail and don't get upset at them. Let them fail, give them room for failure. See, sometimes as the CEO, right, we own, it's our business, the idea and so forth, and we want things to grow quickly, et cetera, and so forth. And we put these expectations on our employees, the business, is not your employees, it's your business, it's your idea. But we can't move forward unless our employees, our team is also with us. So we need to give them that freedom to fail. Remember earlier I mentioned about that CEO who said, don't just come with me with the problem, come with me with a possible solution. Make sure that you are giving your employees that freedom to fail and come with the possible. In other words, create that culture. The second question that you asked was on, um, what was it? On, how to increase resilience with our startup. How to increase resilience with our startup. Okay. 
Uh, oh, yeah, how to control negative thoughts. Um, we, we naturally think negative. I struggle with that every single day. What I do is I am very cognizant of what I feed my mind. I have my little Bluetooth speaker that I bring um, with me wherever I travel because and I use it at home. I listen either to a podcast or an audiobook in the morning. I'm in the shower and I have my little Bluetooth speaker with an audiobook or a podcast that I'm listening to. I don't watch TV. I hardly listen to the radio. In fact, I've actually, because cricket, I don't know much about cricket, but I saw, you know, the World Cup cricket on Sunday was on. I went to, and I'm like, I went back to my room. I'm like, oh, let me watch. Let me see if I can understand this. But other than that, I, I have plenty of friends that can tell me what CNN, Fox, and all these other channels are, t are saying, okay? But I'm very cognizant. Follow me again. You follow me on, on social media, and you're going to see that I practice what I, what I uh, train. I'm always speaking positive, uplifting other people. But it's because I'm protecting my mind. There are times where it's much more difficult. Mm, steer. Okay? You know what? Last thing. Actually, you just reminded me of something that I actually admire uh, my driver that was uh, um, bringing me over here because as we were driving, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, right? Because he's like going in and out. <laughs> he's going in and out. And in my mind, I'm like, I have not seen an accident. How do you do it? <laughs> and, yeah, and, and it's... But you know how you do it. You know how to control and maneuver yourself in this driving seat. That is the same approach that I use, but I use it to feed my mind. Okay, with positivity. Okay. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Oscar. I think this. Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com.